he is still a young man. He worked under that Mike Krzyzewski guy for a while at Duke University. Nowadays, he's a contributor to the athletic website, Sirius XM, and an outstanding college basketball analyst for ESPN, Chris Spatola. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good holiday. Doing great, uh, covering, recovering from some flu-like symptoms, but I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> you worked for Mike Krzyzewski, who will turn 71 years old next month, and other than a bunch of surgeries, does not seem like he is slowing down. What uh, did you witness from that front row, so to speak, that helps explain not only the guy's amazing high-level success at Duke since the early 80s, but that staying power where he just kept cranking out gold medals for Team USA, uh, and he's building on those 1,000-plus victories with the Blue Devils? He flies privately. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, it's the, the thing that, that uh, t- takes you by surprise all the time is, is the amount of energy that he has. And, and I think some of that's just, uh, you know, genetic, innate, wh- whatever you want to put to it. Um, uh, it's amazing how, how much energy he, he continued to have. And even, even through the USA basketball, because even towards the end of my tenure on his, on his bench there, he, he, was, he was doing USA basketball. And, you know, to go through the, those summers and then to come back and be with his Duke team um, it was, was, was amazing. I, I, look, I think, honestly, part of it is he's been able to continue to get talent. If he didn't have good players, right. uh, he wouldn't keep coaching. And they, you know, getting Jeff Capel on board, I think, re, re, reinvented, rejuvenated. Uh, the, the recruiting that they were doing. Um, so I think ultimately that has been a part of it. Uh, I also think it, it genuinely is, and it sounds cliche, but it genuinely is his love. I mean, he doesn't do really anything else. You, you know this, Dave. I mean, he doesn't play golf. He doesn't play tennis anymore. He, he really doesn't have a lot going on that, that moves him the way that this profession does. And, and so I think it, it consumes everything he does and, uh, he continues to be really energetic about it. Chris Spatola is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Spatola. For planning purposes as a public service announcement, Coach K's 71st birthday is February 13th. So as at the same time everybody is planning ahead for Valentine's Day, you can also get those Coach K birthday cards in the mail well in advance. Gary Trent Jr. had a breakthrough game for the Blue Devils on Monday night. And Cameron Johnson, the pit transfer, had a breakthrough game for the Tar Heels just last night against Clemson. Help us understand the bigger pictures here, Chris, because Marvin Bagley was not himself on Monday at Miami. Grayson Allen is in the midst of a slump, and yet they were still good enough, the Devils, to beat a top 25 Miami team on the road. And similarly, last night, Joel Berry and Luke May were not at their best, but Cameron Johnson picks up the slack. It just seems like when those two teams are playing that way, they would end up somewhere in or near, you know, someone like your top 10 or so contenders for the national championship. Yeah, you know, I, I think ultimately what, what we have found, and I'll, I'll start with Carolina first, is, you know, they have, and I've said this the last two years, I, I, I have felt like they've played with the greatest margin for error of any team in the country. And so on any given night when they weren't necessarily playing their best, uh, they, they could still beat you because with their ability to offensive rebound, their size, their ability to manufacture points in a lot of different ways. 
Uh, they don't have that team this year. I mean, I, I called the game against Wofford, and, and they showed up. They weren't ready to play. They found themselves in a game in the second half, and they couldn't dig themselves out of it. Um, so I think it's a team, you know, look, we could, you, we understand the X's and O's. They're playing smaller. They're trying to figure out that lineup. Uh, but I, I think just, you know, figuring out consistently the level at which they're going to have to play, and part of that is a guy like Cameron Johnson, uh, starting to give you what he is capable of giving you. I, I still think with them, they've got to get more from their bench. Uh, I think ultimately, you know, you look at teams in the top 10, David, that they have size. You know, as much as we think size is being phased out of the game, there was a reason that the two biggest teams in the country played in the national title game last year. Um, so I, I think, you know, again, the margin for error is not quite there, but to have another shot maker like a Johnson, uh, for a perimeter that can go in and out, I think is big. And in the case of Duke, you know, look, I, I have said for a, a couple months now, like that team, Duke, has to go in the direction of those two big guys. And, you know, Bagley did struggle, but but ultimately those, nobody has those two guys. And I, I think what we have found at times is a perimeter that can be a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, you know, Duvall, with his shooting struggles, Trent, Shot it well the other night, but but really that's kind of all he has really done to this point. And Grayson Allen has been a little bit uh, one-dimensional, certainly in his struggles. So I, I think, to me, David, Duke has certainly issues on that defensive end, but I think their overarching issues uh, are on that offensive end and trying to figure out. They've been in limbo to this point. I think they get once they figure out that, look, we're going to go as far as those two special guys inside will take us, and we as a perimeter need to figure out how to complement those guys best. You mentioned Grayson Allen. He has had an unusual career path in a lot of ways. He was an all-American caliber guy as a sophomore. He was good, but something less than that as a junior. And then it seemed like he was back to his all-American self early here in his senior year. Lately, not so much. Do you have a diagnosis for what is going on with one of the more mercurial ACC players we've seen in quite some time? At least there are no tripping incidents anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I, look, he's been through a lot. Uh, I think the, the mental toll has, has affected the physical, and I think he just hasn't been the same since the tripping stuff. And, uh, you know, certainly all of that self-inflicted, uh, so nobody's going to feel bad for him. Uh, you know, look, I don't necessarily know. He had a good year as sophomore year. I don't necessarily know how good Grayson Allen ever was. I mean, I think he's a very good college player. Um, I, I think some of what we saw that sophomore year was more a demand uh, than necessarily a guy who was going to ascend on a team with other great players. Uh, so, you know, I, I always start there. I don't know how good he ever was. That said, I think what he's evolved to is a spot shooter. And, you know, he's, he's caught a little bit in limbo where he's not shooting it well. And so he's trying to figure out what other impact he can make. I think we saw a glimpse of that other impact he can make against Miami. Yeah. Some, some real hustle plays, some, you know, leading a defensive charge, those types of things, getting some stuff easy in transition. Um, but, again, I think he's trying to figure out his game around those two guys on the inside, and it's just it's been a slow process for him this year. That play right before the half at Miami. I've never been in the, you know, the locker room the way you have with Mike Krzyzewski, but I have a hard time imagining a play Coach K would like more than Grayson Allen struggling for much of the first half, diving face first into the free throw line for a loose ball, magically kicking it out to Gary Trent Jr. for one of those right near the half time buzzer 
buckets stake through the heart style on the road against a top 25 team that that had to be one of those you had in mind with Grayson right yeah that's old school Duke right I mean and even the play he had in the second half where he may have fouled that kid and, and jump in the gap uh, you know to get the steal and then the transition dunk but but that's old school Duke and so yeah I mean I, I can only imagine it and you know, the fact that it was Grayson, I think, for Coach K, probably amped it up even a little bit more because he loves that kid. Um, you know, you can imagine. And, again, it's a team that was struggling. They struggle in the half court. And so when when, when you can kind of go back old school Duke and, and start getting some stuff off of your defense, uh, there's no question that that uh, brings a glimmer to, to K's eyes. Chris Spatola is joining us on the David Glenn Show on Twitter. He's at Chris underscore Spatola. These teams don't get any national publicity this year because they're just not high enough in the standings. But we do have one of those backyard brawls. It's Wake Forest at NC State tomorrow night in ACC play. We all know how this works. Part of it is your neighborhood, right? And they're stuck in a league where Virginia and Duke and Carolina are really good and Clemson and Notre Dame and Miami and FSU and Louisville appear to be NCAA tournament caliber teams. Have you seen anything from either the Wolfpack in year one under Kevin Keats or the Demon Deacons uh, under Danny Manning that makes you believe that they could make something uh, of this season if they get bet a lot better between now and, say, March Madness? Yeah, I, more more so with NC State. Um, I, and I think, you know, I learned a lot from NC State, not necessarily from the Duke win, because we've seen NC State beat Duke <laughs> over the years in Raleigh. Uh, you know, the follow-on to beating Duke has never been good. And, and I learned a lot more about NC State from that Clemson win. Um, I thought it showed some maturity. I think it, it, it showed a team that was starting to believe uh, in itself, uh, there's an adjustment to a Kevin Keats. I mean, you watched him, his teams at Wilmington, that the personnel and the way he played there is, is nothing like the personnel and the way that, that he's been able to play this year. So I think there's an adjustment Keats to his players and personnel and, and vice versa players to, to Kevin Keats. Uh, I, I will say this to, to win in the ACC, you have to have somebody, uh, a player who, who just doesn't look like anybody else, who's incredibly unique. And, and I think your seven can be that guy. Uh, you've got great experience in the two Freemans, uh, guys who have been around, played a lot of college basketball. Uh, you ask anybody in the ACC about me, uh, Malik uh, Abdul-Abu, he, he's an incredibly tough matchup. And I think as he's gotten his feet back under him, uh, you know, hopefully he continues to trend in that right direction. I, I think the pieces are, are there, Dave, and I think as the adjustment to the new head coach has taken place, uh, you, you can't take a referendum off of the Virginia loss. Playing them is, is different than anything. I, I think they are trending as a team in the right direction. Last thing for Chris Patola, find his work at the Athletic website on, e, on Sirius XM and always on ESPN as well. On Twitter, he's at Chris underscore Spatola. I'm fascinated by the UVA basketball story. I, I want your perspective as a former player and a former coach and now a broadcaster because most of the things that I would look for in a potential national champion, Virginia has, right? Best defense in the country, really good coach in Tony Bennett. They're number three in the efficiency rankings nationally. They're 16-1. and one. They're the only team that hasn't lost in ACC play yet. They have, I think, two all-ACC guys in Kyle Guy and Devin Hall. And yet there's always a but 
with the Cavaliers discussion, right? But they've never been to a Final Four, but that style of play is going to prevent them from getting enough high-end recruits, et cetera. As you look at it, are the Cavaliers a legitimate national championship contender, or does a lack of NBA caliber talent or anything else prevent you from saying that? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what prevents me from saying it, and I guess the history of it, uh, you know, I, I always do the same thing about Virginia and, and West Virginia, uh, which, is, which is to say, first of all, those two coaches, I think, get more out of West yeah. than any coaches in the country. You put their rosters, particularly this year, Virginia, you put his roster up against any of these teams in the top 25, and it's not close most of the way. I mean, Colonel Guy is, you know, getting to McDonald's All-American. He's a good player. Uh, you know, Ty Jerome, good player. Evan Hall's having a, a career season. I, I get all that. But, again, you put those rosters up against somebody that's not the top 15, it's probably close. So, I'm a believer, like, I'm, I'm great with anybody who's secure enough to do whatever they need to do to win basketball games. And, and any fan base would clamor to win the number of games and to spend the time that that program has in, in the top ten uh, since he has been there. However, but here comes the insult. Right. They, I, I just wonder against good teams, and by that I mean teams in the tournament, if that defensive style is enough. Uh, and it's the same with West Virginia. Can you turn good teams over enough to mitigate your offensive deficiencies? It's the same with Virginia. They're going to play a lot of close games, but also because of the tempo and because of the low possession. But ultimately, are they good enough? There's there, there are enough talent to beat good teams in a tournament. And, and so, yeah, I mean, all those things you listed off, I feel like we're looking in the mirror because you can say a lot of those things year after year with Tony Bennett teams. And it's a, lot, it's a lot like Gonzaga. Until you crack through that ceiling, like Gonzaga did last year, I think there's always going to be those questions, and I have a lot of the same that we, you know, we have the last couple of years. His name is Chris Spatola. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Spatola. Happy New Year to you and yours. You know we'll be knocking on your door again throughout college hoop season. Be good, my friend. Love talking to you. Right back at you. Chris Spatola of ESPN and SiriusXM.